Hello, welcome. This is TJ from www.aquariumtiptank.com. I'd like to remind you to go to www.aquariumtiptank.com and sign up for our free e-updates and newsletter so you can get all of the latest tips and tricks to relaxing, enjoying, and enjoying your home aquarium. Today we're going to talk a little bit about aquarium lighting. Okay, uh, it's been about another three weeks since our last podcast was released, and it's about time for me to go and purchase the items that I need to in order to start my marine aquarium. I probably could have just gone to my local fish store, talked to them for a few minutes, and just purchased everything that they said I needed. And this new marine aquarium uh, setup would have been a whole lot quicker. I also know that three weeks is a little bit long to wait for a podcast. I do promise that I will try to get them out a little bit quicker. Uh, However, I've been out of town for the last five weekends, and I'm in a wedding for two of my best friends this coming weekend. Basically, I've been pretty busy, and I didn't want to start the cycling process when I'd be out of town every four or five days and unable to test water quality and perform water changes. I guess I could have ordered everything and just left it waiting to be plugged in, but I'm getting to that right about now. Okay, let's talk a little bit about aquarium lighting. Um, I think what I'm going to do is actually make this podcast the first of an aquarium lighting series. Uh, There are a lot of things to talk about when it comes to lighting your aquarium, and I want to make sure that you get everything and that I don't bore you on your way to work or whenever you listen to this podcast. Therefore, I don't want to force you to listen to me babble on for an hour an hour and a half about aquarium lighting. I'll talk uh, for a few 20 to 30 minute segments until I feel like I've got you at a place where you can go select a lighting system for your aquarium. Then there will probably be more aquarium lighting issues that we can still discuss. In the end, I will explain how I went about choosing the lighting system for the marine aquarium that I am working on setting up. Well, Let's get to it. First, what kind of lighting and how much light you need all depends on what you plan to keep in your aquarium. A fish-only tank, no matter if it is a freshwater or saltwater aquarium, only really needs a pair of some simple, cheap, normal output, or NO, fluorescent lamps with a simple timer to somewhat simulate day and night. The only real requirement of lighting a fish-only tank is to make your fish look good. So, if that's all you really plan on keeping is a fish-only tank, either freshwater or saltwater, you can go ahead and out and just buy a simple, uh, fairly cheap ballast with uh, some NO, normal output fluorescent lamps that you put in it. And those fluorescent tubes you buy from any, you know, hardware store or anything like that. Um, Just make sure that the ballast that you buy fits over your aquarium correctly. Um, You know, is the right length or has some way of attaching or staying above your aquarium. A reef tank with sessile invertebrates requires much more light 
and a short wavelength blue spectrum of light are necessary depending on what type of sessile invertebrates you, you intend to keep. I won't go into why corals and sessile invertebrates need more light for too long here, but I feel like we have to talk about it a little bit. In fact, it's not actually the coral polyps that are so light-hungry, but the symbiotic algae, or zooanthellae, that reside within the tissue of the corals that must have light to photosynthesize. I will briefly discuss how the symbiotic relationship works. But for more information, head on over to aquariumtiptank.com backslash coral-basics for an article all about coral. So, back to the zooanthellae. They are a type of symbiotic algae that use the waste products released by invertebrates, such as carbon dioxide and ammonia, along with energy from the sun to produce simple sugars and carbohydrates through the process of photosynthesis. Once the zooanthellae is done using all of the nutrients that they need, they allow their invertebrate hosts to use the rest. This process of utilizing the byproduct of the invertebrates to create nutrients through photosynthesis is, just, is thus very beneficial to both organisms due to the fact that the water around the coral reef is very low in dissolved nutrients. If the correct light is not available for the algae to photosynthesize, then it will leave the host invertebrate in, in search of better conditions and the host coral polyps will die. There won't be enough nutrients for those coral polyps to survive. So, you can see why lighting is so much more important and complex for a reef aquarium. Well, we're going to do our best to break it down for you. First, we're going to get into the most basic ratings in, uh, that, that we have here, and that's Watts and Kelvin rating. These invertebrates and their zooanthellae grow and survive really well in parts of the ocean with the correct water conditions and access to natural sunlight for photosynthesis, right? Therefore, to get the lighting in your aquarium to be suitable for these organisms to thrive, we have to mimic the intensity and spectral characteristics of the midday tropical sun as closely as possible. For the most part, we're going to stick with just wattage and Kelvin rating to do this. Let's start with wattage first. It's fairly simple. A general rule of thumb for a reef aquarium is that you'll want your lighting system to produce a minimum of 3 to 5 watts per gallon of aquarium water. If you want to be able to put the more light-demanding hard corals at the bottom of your tank, then we recommend going uh, for 5 watts per gallon or more. Otherwise, 3 to 5 watts per gallon of, of water should be adequate provided that you place light-demanding corals closer to the light source at the top of your tank and the less light-demanding corals, such as soft and mushroom corals, towards the bottom. Admittedly, this is a general rule of thumb, and this rule of wattage is only useful for fluorescent and metal halide systems. There are technologies coming out now that produce a much brighter light with must much less wattage. Therefore, this 
this broad wattage rule of thumb wouldn't really work very well. You have to look at even more criteria in your lighting to make sure that they will work for the corals that you want to keep in your tank. There is also the Kelvin temperature rating. Uh, the Kelvin temperature rating is actually an indication of the spectral output or wavelength of the light that a lamp or the sunlight produces. It is not a measure of the heat that, that a lamp actually puts out. The light spectrum is Roy G. Biv, right? Or from long wavelength and lower Kelvin rating to shorter wavelength and higher Kel Kelvin rating, we have red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. These light sources with their higher Kel Kelvin ratings in the blue-violet portion of the spectrum emit a deeper penetrating light. This higher Kelvin rating, deeper penetrating light, is desirable for most photosynthetic invertebrates. So, have you ever gone scuba diving or snorkeling down to 10 or 20 feet? Uh, at that point, it gets pretty blue down there pretty quick, huh? That's because the ocean water filters out the red and yellow colors of light first. Therefore, the lower Kelvin-rated lights down in the red-yellow portion of the spectrum should be avoided. For a reef aquarium, you will need lamps with a minimum Kelvin rating of 5,500 degrees or 5,500K. This is nearly identical to the rating of the midday tropical sun on a cloudless day. If you want your lights to penetrate further down to the bottom of your tank, or you have a deeper tank, then lamps with a higher Kelvin rating may be beneficial. In fact, from some reading I've done, I've seen that a 6500K lamp is what some of the uh, invertebrates grow best under. Anyway, uh, for, a reef, for a reef aquarium, let's just say for now that we need 3 to 5 watts per gallon and lamps with a minimum Kelvin rating of 5,500K. All right, so now that we have, you know, a few of our criteria set in place when we go and we're looking at lighting either on websites or at our local fish store, let's talk a little bit about the types of lighting. The two most common types of artificial lighting used by reef aquarists are fluorescent and metal halide. Two other types that have gained popularity in recent years are power compact and LED. Power compact is basically a fluorescent option that are much smaller in size but produce a much brighter light with less wattage than regular fluorescent tubes. Light-emitting diodes, or LEDs, are even smaller still, more versatile, energy-efficient, and even brighter. Therefore, while power-compact lighting systems are still available, LED systems have pretty much stole the power-compact limelight since the LED uh, supply has gone up and the price has started going down. Also, don't use the typical 3 to watts per gallon uh, rule with power compacts and LEDs. They are special lamps with different ballasts and components, and they produce a much brighter light with less wattage. If you're using these, check to see if the box, the manufacturer, or a knowledgeable representative at your local fish store have a comparison chart that you can do some wattage math with. Or make sure that they guarantee that the light is reef-capable for midday tropical sunlight. You can still use the Kelvin rating, and we'll get into some more criteria a little bit later that will uh, help you choose your LEDs.
Okay, uh, let's start off with fluorescence. We'll st we're starting here because there are several different types of fluorescent systems and bulb technologies that end up leading to the alphabet soup of aquarium lighting. To list them quickly, there are standard fluorescence or normal output fluorescence, NO. We've mentioned them already. They're suitable for the fish-only tank. There are T5, high output fluorescence, or T-5HO. There are very high output fluorescence, or VHO, and compact fluorescence, or CF. I basically just listed them in order of brightness and power. As stated earlier, the NO, or normal output fluorescence, would be perfectly suitable for a fish-only freshwater or saltwater aquarium. There's no reason to spend the money on anything else unless you just like the look of other lights and have the money to burn. The T5 high output fluorescence with 25 to 54 watts per bulb and with Kelvin ratings from 6000K to 11000K would work for a freshwater planted aquarium or a fish only with live rock aquarium with a few low light, easy, beginner, soft and or mushroom corals. The VHO, or very high output fluorescence, with 75 to 165 watt bulbs and Kelvin ratings of 10,000K, are well suited for reef aquariums and planted freshwater aquariums of all types, even the ones with light-hungry hard corals. Basically, you can't fit enough normal output and T5 high output bulbs around the top of your aquarium to properly simulate the sunlight necessary for light demanding corals. The very high output fluorescent systems have higher wattage per bulb along with the necessary Kelvin rating to mimic sunlight for these corals. So, you can fit enough very high output tubes on top of your tank to care for the light demand of photosynthetic corals. Then, of course, there are the compact fluorescent lights. They range from about 10 to 130 watts, but again, they are much brighter than the normal wattage fluorescence, and you can't use the 3 to 5 watts per gallon rule here. They also have Kelvin ratings from 5,000 to 10,000 K. The good thing about complex fluorescence is that they are smaller, and once again, you can just put more at the top of your tank to get the lighting correct for the light-demanding corals. All of the types of fluorescent light from normal output to compact fluorescent have an actinic blue bulb option to admit light in the shorter wavelengths of the spectrum to help with invertebrates from deeper water. However, just so everybody gets this next point, I'm about to make, I'm going to repeat it. None, yes I said none of the fluorescent lighting options are very suitable for for a deep reef aquarium. If your tank is more than 24 inches deep and you are planning on keeping light demanding invertebrates, you should not use fluorescent lighting. Did everybody hear that? If your tank is more than 24 inches deep, and you are planning on keeping light-demanding invertebrates, you should think about using metal halide lights instead of fluorescent lights. Fluorescent lights do not penetrate very well and are only suitable for reefs less than about 24 inches deep. At this point, you, may, you might be asking yourself, is that the only drawback? 
So if I have a tank that is about 24 inches deep and I'm planning on starting a reef aquarium, I can just go out and select the correct type of fluorescent bulb and I'm good. As always, there is a downside to everything, and you have to figure out what kind of lighting will work for you. Another issue with fluorescent lighting is that the declining output of the bulb may be more difficult to notice. Fluorescent bulbs tend to lose their lighting efficiency and turn more red with prolonged use. The shift to the red portion of the spectrum is very subtle and cannot be detected with the naked eye. To avoid this, you just have to replace your fluorescent bulbs on a regular basis. This can be done every 4 to 18 months for normal output and very high output fluorescence, and every 12 to 28 months for T5 high output and compact fluorescent bulbs. You'll have at least two bulbs to replace every time. All fluorescent lights, other than normal output fluorescence, also require a special ballast or housing system. You can't just stick T5 high output bulbs into an into a, a normal output ballast. There are different connections, inverters, power um, recommendations, and, and power supplies, and electrical components that are necessary for each type of fluorescent bulb. Lastly, the heat generated by the very high output and compact fluorescent lamps may be excessive. This isn't usually much of a problem with the T5 high output and normal output lamps, but when you're trying to get the correct artificial sunlight to the bottom of your tank for your hard photosynthetic corals and invertebrates with several very high output or, or compact fluorescent lamps, you could end up having a heat problem. Then, you may need to invest in a cooling fan and or a water chiller to make sure that you don't overheat your water. This tends to be more of a problem in the hotter areas of, or of the world. I had a few questions about LED lighting due to a heat problem from at S.1225 on Twitter. Apparently, his aquarium is in Texas. Okay, I think we've about covered it for the pros and cons of fluorescent lighting. Uh, we are at the point where we need a little more brightness and some ocean water penetrating lighting. And I've got a little bit more time in this podcast. Hopefully you don't mind listening to me for another 5-10 minutes or so. Uh, it is time to talk a little bit more about metal halide lighting. Metal halide wattage can vary from 70 watts to 1,000 watts. And their Kelvin rating can vary between 4,000K and 20,000K. From everything we've gone over so far about wattage and Kelvin rating, it should be obvious from those last two specifications that metal halide lights come in the necessary varieties of power and high Kelvin rating to maintain any reef tank of any size. They are the best choice for lighting any tank over 24 inches tall, and you can probably find a setup that only requires one metal halide bulb for a 60-gallon tank. They come very close to replicating the color spectrum and light intensity of the midday tropical sun, much like the very high output daylight fluorescent lamps. Uh, metal halide lamps can also be very aesthetically pleasing and make your tank and livestock look very beautiful. Unlike fluorescent lamps that spread their light uniformly throughout the aquarium, it is possible to focus the light from metal halides on different parts of the reef. Not only can this 
dramatic interplay of light and shadow be an eye-catching effect, but it can also help to focus the light to accommodate corals and invertebrates with different lighting requirements in the same tank. Another visual effect of metal halides is that they tend to enhance the rippling movements at the surface of the water in a way much like natural sunlight. So now I may be having you saying to yourself, okay, metal halides it is then. Once again, there are always some cons to be listed with the pros. Metal halide lights can be very expensive to purchase and operate. That 500 plus watts worth of lighting for your 30 inch tall 100 gallon tank can have an effect on your electrical bill every month. The bulbs also need to be replaced every 6 to 18 months. Use the manufacturer's suggestions here, but this means that the metal halide bulb needs to be replaced just as often as all of the fluorescent bulbs and are about four to five times more expensive per bulb. Go ahead, get online, do the research. You'll realize, and what I saw was basically that, the minimum metal halide bulb that I could find was $40. That's compared to, you know, maybe $10 a bulb for uh, the type of um, fluorescent bulb that you're looking for. Uh, These metal halide bulbs also require a large specialized ballast that you are normally hanging from somewhere. Uh, You can get the clip-on type, the clip on the back of your tank, but in general, uh, they, they, for the most part, they have hanging ballasts of some sort. Um, And they need these ballasts for operation. And most of them must be fan-cooled. As with the very very high output and the compact fluorescent lamps, a chiller for your water may be necessary. Uh, Those metal halides put out a lot of heat, and and they radiate that heat down into your tank water. At this point, I think we've covered everything other than LED lighting. Uh, Before we get into LED aquarium lighting, however, I'd like to point out that there are also options on the market for combinations of all sorts of lighting. Lighting systems that combine very high output daylight lamps with some T5 high output actinic blue tubes to obtain that blue spectrum of light the deep water corals love is a popular combination for a reef aquarium. There are also options that combine actinic blue tubes with metal halide bulbs bulbs and lamps. And, of course, there are systems available that combine fluorescent tubes, metal halide lamps, and LEDs all in one. We first advise figuring out, again, what is necessary to light the livestock that you plan to keep in your aquarium. None of this will be necessary if you're not keeping specialized corals and invertebrates that require a high-lighting effect in order to grow and thrive. So figure out what's necessary to light that livestock and purchase a lighting system that matches the Kelvin rating and the wattage and, you know, possibly if, if that's not enough, look into other criteria. Uh, some of the ones that we'll list on the next podcast will be PAR um, and Lumens uh, and Lux. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit in the next podcast when we get into LED lighting, Uh, possibly a little bit into PUR. As I've gotten into uh, research some of this stuff, there are um, several different criteria that you can look at. But 
find out what fits your livestock uh, for that sunlight that your livestock thrives in and then match those criteria of the artificial lighting that you're about to buy to that livestock. Then once you match that criteria, uh, you might have a few different options. Of course, uh, you know, go with what looks good and what you can afford. Um, all right, that's about it for this podcast. Um, you, we have gone over everything, all the types of fluorescent lighting from normal output to T5 high output to very high output to power fluorescent lighting. And then we have gone over some metal halides. Uh, there are different ranges of Kelvin, um, Kelvin ratings and uh, watt, wattage ratings uh, for the power that they uh, output and everything else. Uh, for this podcast, you might be able to use those two criteria. Again, other when, than when you're looking at um, power compact fluorescent lighting. Um, and, and you can pretty much at least get a good idea of the lighting that you're looking to create. Uh, I get a lot of flack, or I will get a lot of flack, most likely, about the 3 to 5 watt per gallon rule. Um, I will say that as a disclaimer right now. Um, it's kind of a, just a very general rule. If you want to go and research more about your lighting, that's fine. But in order to get away with something for right now, um, if you're just looking at fluorescence and metal halides, um, you know, the 3 to 5 watt gallon uh, watts per gallon rule might work. Uh, it might not, you know. Talk to your local fish store, get a general idea of what you might need, you know, look around online and things like that, and find, uh, you know, a system that you think might work. You know, go in, ask somebody. Uh, look at look at the ratings and look at the reviews and things like that. See what's worked for other people. Um, and if you find something that you think you like uh, and you think might work, go ahead for for the livestock that you're planning on keeping. Go ahead and get it and start uh, looking and start setting up your um, your lights for your uh, marine aquarium. One last thing that I must talk about before we end this podcast is that please, please properly protect your lighting systems. Uh, metal halide lights uh, are very susceptible. Uh, everything actually is very susceptible to water splashes and saltwater corrosion. And if you get any of those things onto some of those bulbs that are very, very hot, that glass surrounding those bulbs gets very, very, very hot. And they could all of a sudden burst and crack, leaving glass pieces in, in your aquarium. And the metal halide lights actually have metal wires going through them, creating that heat. Um, that Those wires might break off and fall into your aquarium. Um, fluorescent lighting is actually uh, gases that are inside those tubes that are charged to create a light. Those gases, gases can be very noxious to uh, you and other and and your livestock that's in your aquarium. You could have a very hot bulb get splashed by this salt water. Those bulbs break. Those bulbs corrode. Um, some of the housings that you have these lights in can corrode and get salt creep on them and things like that. Please make sure that you protect those lights somehow, whether that's either by having a uh, something over your aquarium 
uh, to to protect those lights or something right under your lights with, you know, say a glass piece on the light uh, uh, that it, that is right under the bulb protecting the bulbs from... Uh, from any water splashes or anything like that, please, if you go out and you get some uh, lighting options right now, that you go ahead and you make sure that those lights are protected and that you take care of those lights in a manner to keep them lasting so that you don't have to go buy more of them anytime soon. On our next podcast, and hopefully I'm able to get that podcast out in about two weeks, we will be going over LED lighting. There's a lot to talk about with LED lighting, uh, and we will also go over how I chose the lighting system that I will be using for the marine aquarium that I am currently in the process of, albeit slowly, uh, setting up in my home. So, uh, in about two weeks, check out that uh, podcast, and maybe you'll be convinced to get some LED lighting instead. For now, go ahead and head on over to www.aquariumtiptank.com. There you can find a little bit about the benefits of LEDs, why people enjoy them so much. And while you're over there, uh, just tell us, go ahead and tell us how your aquarium is coming along. Go ahead and do that and sign up for our free updates and newsletter. We'll be back with more aquarium tips in about two weeks.